Meet Megan. Hi. A professional wedding photographer and professional wedding planner, Emily. Hey there. Together with 20 years experience in planning, designing and shooting all things wedding, they'll discuss how it's so much more than pretty pictures and a fun party. Welcome to Wedding Therapy, a podcast exploring why it is that weddings bring out the best and worst in people and how to navigate relationships and conflicts during the wedding planning process and beyond. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode six of the Wedding Therapy Podcast. That is your host, Megan Lubeck. And that is your other host, Emily Sutherland. We are so excited to be here on this rainy, cozy Tuesday afternoon. Um, We have a very special person here (laughs) to talk to you all. Um, Casey, I've known Casey for... Three years now. That's crazy. Three years. Um, I met her. She was um, a yoga instructor in a class I was taking. And the class was just so... It was so much more than just a yoga class. Um, Her intro and then what she was talking about throughout the class and then how she closed out everybody I don't even remember what it was. I just remember being so moved and almost like in tears at the end of the class that I was like, awesome. Oh yeah. It was so crazy. And I was like, I need to talk to this human. Mm -hmm. I need to know more about her. And, and I, if you know me, this is just not something I do. No. I I mean, you're really personable, but I still couldn't see you being like, I need to know who you are. No, 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 no. Yeah. Unless it's one-on-one, I like won't talk to anybody. So (laughs) I go up to her. I don't even remember how it was, but anyways, we start talking and I just knew, oh, and then I hired you to teach me meditation. Mm-hmm. That must have been what the class, you were talking about meditation. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is, I need this in my life. So hired her. She came to my home, literally changed my whole life. And then I was like, I can never let this person leave. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this person needs to be in my life forever and ever. So this is who we're talking with today. Case, the lovely Casey. I never know how to say your business. Casey Dryer. Dryer. I always want to. I always <laughs> want to say Derriere. Derriere. <laughs> well, that makes a lot of sense because my actual last name is Hurled Butt. Yes. So uh, that's I Casey that. Derriere would make a lot of sense. I wait, do what? That word wait, association. wait. Pause. <laughs> what is your actual last name? My actual last name is Hurl Butt, like toss ass two t's at the end (laughs) of butt and i'm super proud of it i go by casey dryer dryer is my middle name oh Um, okay got it but my real last name that i've had for the last 33 years is okay hurl butt well there's that (laughs) fun fact so so dryer i always in my mind hear or it, I read Derriere. Mm-hmm. Also, you have a great booty. So I think that... Hey, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's also why I'm probably thinking about it. Anyways, we have Casey Hurlbutt. <laughs> and her business is Casey Dryer. Yes. It's CaseyDryer.com. Yes. Correct? And Casey is an expert in all things... I'll probably say this wrong. All things self-care. All things yoga. All things meditation. All things business, uh, like personal business coaching, life coaching, 
Basically, she just makes all things better. (laughs) (laughs) All aspects of life. And peaceful. Yes, and calm and peaceful. Um, So that's that's my um, intro to Casey. Hi. Hi. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And um, it's so funny to hear you get to tell the story of our, like, our meet cute. Did I do cute. our meet cute? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, yes, you did it a lot of justice. Okay. But, it, but the best part is, like, I am not like Emily in this regard. I love talking to people one-on-one. Yes. In inappropriate, inappropriate situations. <laughs> yeah. And so she came up to me to talk to me after class, and I was just like, let me hear your whole life story. Let me tell you my whole life story. Yes. And then, like, literally 45 minutes after the class was already over, we were still sitting there talking with each other. Yeah. And I, I had that same thought, too. I was like, this is a human I hope is in my whole life forever. Oh, <laughs> and yay. look at us. And look at us three years later. Three years later. Yes. I love it. So I know you're, like, still in the introductions. But I am curious about yeah, yes. how the how that was, like, having her over for meditation. Can I just get a little bit <gasps> oh, more detail yeah. on, like, that experience in and question. of itself? Okay. So I will say um, in the yoga class um, – I mean, it's sculpt, so it's it's like a high energy. Um, it's not like your typical. Um, I'm sure it's got that weights. Yeah, it's got weights. It's Doing high energy. We're listening weights. to like a lot uh, of Whitney Houston in my classes. Yeah, mm-hmm. high energy music. It's like um, it's like a workout class. It's not like a vinyasa flow mm-hmm. type class. Is that right? So um, I I think what was so cool about it was I wasn't expecting the message if that makes sense and so it kind of caught me off and it really got me thinking and I was at a time in my life where I needed something because I just felt like I was spiraling Mm -hmm. and um, I didn't really know what I needed and so hearing her talk oh you shared about your trauma Mm -hmm. and you talked about PTSD a little bit and so um, she shared about how breath And meditation Mm -hmm. essentially got her through this particular trauma, but Mm -hmm. then how she's adopted this philosophy throughout her whole life. Right. And I heard that and was like, oh my gosh, that is exactly what I need. And so I didn't really know what to expect, but... um, Well, just to interrupt you really quickly, when my recent yoga classes that I've taken, like, I was shocked at how much I wanted to, like, cry. And I remember there was one particular one I went to where I happened to be the only one there. Like, I just showed up and I was the only one. She's like, well, you get a private class. And I was like, sweet. Oh my gosh. So she literally was, like, very centered on me. And so I got to ask her whatever I wanted. And so I'm, like, literally about to cry. And I was like, do you guys get, like, people crying in here all the time? And she's like, yep. Like, it was just, like, it's so normal because I've started to learn about yoga and about our bodies. And there's even this book called um, The Body Keeps Score. And so just talking about how we keep things in our, you know, the trauma stored in our, like, cells. And so she was just saying that when you're working out certain parts of your body, like, it's going to trigger that, I'm assuming. I'm, I'm... I'm a novice in this area, but just to, I felt like I was experiencing these things that I had learned about and I was just like, wow, this is so crazy. So anyway, t- I can, yeah. I can relate to your experience where you're just like, I don't know what's happening, but yeah. I know this is good for me and I just need to figure out more of how exactly. to release this stuff because I don't want to keep it in anymore. Yeah, that was exactly it. And so, um, also, I work from home, and so I was at a point in my life where I was trying to battle, like, personal things, work things, and then also just, like, 
having a home that creates like a space of peace and calmness. Mm -hmm. And so I think like one of the first things you did was we like defined a space in the, in the house that was like, okay, the desk is physically over there. And so that's separate from what we're doing. I think this was a while ago. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then, so it was kind of like a part yoga. So we like set up mats and we were in the living room and she would walk me through like a flow just, to, I guess it was to get my body moving and um, it was really cool because I've never had a personal yoga class mm-hmm. or yeah I wasn't expecting like one either yeah <laughs> yeah, but so it was that awesome. was really, yeah so that was really cool like kind of got my heart rate not like up like a workout but just like got me moving and like my head below my heart and that sort of thing and then that was the first part of it or the first half of it and then the second half was literally teaching me how to meditate so like how to sit and then um, she would give, she'd have these prompts, which is, cr- this is why Casey is so magical. And there's literally no other word to describe it because she didn't come with like a script. Yeah. She, we had only talked like once or twice. She didn't have like this, she wasn't a therapist. She didn't have notebooks filled on me yeah. and my issues. But we just talked, we did the yoga, and then my eyes were closed. And she was just talking in a prompting, like they're really trendy now, all those like meditation apps now where it's all guided and you can pick five, 10, 30, whatever. And they're like walking you through this thing. That's essentially what she was doing, but it was so specific Mm -hmm. to me, what I was going through. And we started small. It was like uh, five minutes. Mm -hmm. And, and then she would, like, leave long pauses. So I had to, like, learn how to focus on my breath and do that by myself. And, on a, and be okay with that. And also, be okay the with silence it. Yeah, yeah, can, yeah. Which can be very uncomfortable. So crazy. <laughs> yeah. And so um, then you, like, increase the time. And it blew my mind because I'm such a type A. I always have to be doing something. I love checking things off my list. I don't like long silences. Mm-hmm typically and so I think I went into it like oof I'm not gonna do well at this but I think like you did one for like 10 minutes and I opened my eyes and couldn't believe that 10 minutes had passed Mm -hmm. it was crazy Mm -hmm. and then my favorite part about what she did it was not necessarily that each uh session had a topic per se but it would kind of like naturally go there and while I was meditating and she was giving me like those silent pauses so she wasn't necessarily guiding in those specific times I didn't know this but she was um writing on flashcards like little prompts or like words or like little almost like words of empowerment and encouragement Mm -hmm. to me and so then when I was done then she would kind of give me my homework and it was on these cards and it was like uh fill in the blanks Mm -hmm. of these sentences or you know meditate on your own and have this word be at the forefront of what you're thinking about or whatnot they were different every time and that was also part of the magic because she was just coming up with this Mm -hmm. off the cuff and I would kind of like step out of these meditate like 10 minute meditations and then get this prompt and it was just like revelation to me kind of thing I was like oh my gosh this is amazing and so then I would do it and anyways um that was that was how it started. That sounds beautiful. It was. You're really, like my kind of girl. You're like so intuitive. I like so love intuitive. Just, that's the yeah, word. Yeah. Not magic. Yeah. Well, a little bit of magic. The magic school. Too. Yes. Yes. Magic it. school too. Yeah. We just. I just was like geeking out over Harry Potter before we started recording. <laughs> um, but yeah, intuitive. Very yeah. intuitive. And 
it, which is such a gift it for is your, such a huge like gift. for others you know mm-hmm. to be able to give them that yeah obviously. so yes clearly <laughs> so i'm alive now <laughs> thanks to casey um so anyways that was how we met but then the relationship blossomed. I mean, we started meeting for coffee and talking about biz- different business ideas. And I was like, Casey, you need to be doing a million things that are not here in this yoga studio. I was like, you need to be taking clients all over. You need to be changing lives. I mean, not that your yoga classes are not changing lives. But um, that was really fun, too, to kind of watch both of our jobs transition evolve. and yeah. evolve. Yeah. And now to see you where you are now, it's like... I just love it so much that three years ago we had that and then we've stayed friends and then we've evolved and now we're sitting in my kitchen doing a podcast where now you can talk about your business now. And it's themed on wedding therapy, which is appropriate. Yes. Yes. For our meet cute. It is. Yeah. It is very appropriate. So that's. Full circle. That's the elaboration of the meditation. Which I think. Is a great segue into the next question. Yes. Did you want to ask? Me? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> okay. I got so wrapped up. Oh, no, it's great. <laughs> I love it. Um, I'm like, I'm like um, can we just have this love fest? Can we just oh, talk more that, about how much I love you? And it's, is that appropriate? <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Well, yeah. okay. So, so I did kind of talk about what you did for me, but we did touch on like how your business has evolved. Do you want to just talk about? Um, what you do now, what you focus on, like talk to us a little bit. And so the listeners can get a scope before we start digging into mm-hmm. self care. Um, like what is caseydryer.com? Yeah. We is can that... definitely start with that. Okay. So first of all, thank you for all of that. That's so generous. And thanks for mm-hmm. having me, inviting me to be on the show with you guys. I really appreciate that as well. And the opportunity to talk to um, you and also all of your amazing audience. Mm-hmm. So, I love, M that you called me an expert in self-care. I don't think of myself that way. I think of myself as an expert in um, burnout and Uh. doing too much and uh, being in deep denial about it Mm. and learning the hard way how to manage it and manage Mm -hmm. through it. So I'm going to give you just like the relevant part of my background. Yes, Which is that I'm like, I came from a very different background than where I'm where I'm at right now I'm actually an engineer so I'm a civil environmental engineer and I studied I got um and this is relevant only in this I need to help you understand what a big basket case I was so I have two well it is relevant too because I do think you do think in that way and And sometimes you're you're gonna be like oh why does she why does she have like a whole thing like step by step yes I'm an engineer so like process things process is like your yes Yeah. Yeah. yeah as someone who does not have that. I'm always like blown away and I was like, oh yes, she's an engineer. I need to remember that. This is like literally how they train their mind to think. Yeah. So I, um, I, so I went to Stanford and I got two engineering degrees and then I designed and I have a professional engineering license and I was on, I think we need to pause. She went to Stanford and got not one, but two engineering degrees. Yeah. Sorry. So I basically, just, I just need to like. Pause you're very and... smart. Which, which is relevant. So smart is one way of looking at it, and then the other way of looking at it, and this is why I think it's important to to like give it as context, is like, in order to get into a school like Stanford, there has to be a particular brand of like crazy achievement. Mm, totally. And perfectionism, yes. that is often 
accompanied with like hidden anxiety mm-hmm. and other mental health challenges mm-hmm. that I didn't, I certainly didn't talk about when I was a kid or a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even recognize um, were issues because it was being rewarded totally. with all uh, of totally. these things. Like, oh, here is admission to this great university and here mm-hmm. are these degrees. And what what had really happened between the ages of 15 and my mid-20s is that I was just conditioned mm. to be a workaholic. I was conditioned to be a machine of achievement. And I put all of my value and self-worth was wrapped up in these degrees and in this this trajectory I was on and in my corporate career track and I got and I that was very much who I was and I was also secretly suffering from anxiety and depression and I didn't talk about any of it because to admit that you're having a mental illness or mental health challenge it means that you're not in total control mm-hmm. and when you built your whole life around this image right mm-hmm. of I've got total control and can make anything I want happen happen that's not something you readily admit to. Mm-hmm. And so, you know. Or are aware or of. Or are aware of, mm-hmm. absolutely. So I like to think of it as like my really beautiful f- wake up call from God, universe, or just accident, right? Whatever, we, however we want to think about it. And when I was 24, I got uh, diagnosed with toxic shock syndrome. Um, and I spent four days in the ICU and I had a 50 50 chance of living. Oh my gosh. So the first 48 hours. Did you know that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So the first 48 hours were very touch and go. And it was the most terrifying, by far the most terrifying experience of my life. And I, that's actually where I discovered yoga. And I didn't know it was yoga at the time because I was so scared in the hospital bed. And they were sticking so many tubes in me that the only thing I could do to not freak out and when you're in a dire health situation like that you really have to preserve all your energy and keep your parasympathetic nervous system turned on Mm -hmm. your rest and relax turn on as much as you can in a really horrible situation so I started to do really deep breathing and I actually meditated on accident for the very first time I didn't know that was what I was doing Mm -hmm. it it later came full circle when I started doing yoga I started to connect the dots but that was the first I meditated under fire (laughs) Um, so then I get, I get out, I, I like survive, right? Spoiler alert. I live, I survive, (laughs) here I am. Um, sorry for that cliffhanger. (laughs) We're on the edge of our Did she make it? (laughs) She did. Welcome world. Um, so then this really weird thing happens, right? I start crying everywhere. I mean, I'm crying in my car. I'm crying in my shower. I can't watch any movies or shows that have anything to do with an ER. Grey's Anatomy is like out of the picture. Anything that reminds me of anything that feels disempowering Mm -hmm. or in any way the hospital or I get the slightest headache or even just sometimes I have a bad day. I like, I get triggered into reliving this experience. So it turns out I have what's called PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. This was back in 2010 that I get diagnosed with this. And at that point, I'd really only associated that with vets. I didn't think it was something that I could get just from a horrible Mm -hmm. hospital experience. Um, So anyway, so like this is the first real time that I, it's not my first experience with, with mental health but it's the first time that I can't ignore it because it's mm. infecting all aspects of my life. So, you know, like I start doing yoga. I start taking yoga at the time. 
And um, can I ask like what prompted that? Yeah, just out of curiosity. Part of healing, part of the healing. So very much exactly what you're talking about. I'm like trying not to make my mala beats. I'm wearing mala beats on the topic of yoga. <laughs> and they're like, I love it. Wishing in no, the background. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you guys hear the jingle? You're welcome. Like something someone recommended, or yes. you just okay. So it would it had been recommended by a few. Um, I think actually my aunt was the one who told me. Because this was like in 2010, people were not talking. Nowadays, people are talking about yoga for trauma. Like it's mm-hmm. the hottest oh, thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Eight, nine years ago, that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like I heard it through the grapevine mm-hmm. in an esoteric way. And I was like, I'll try anything because this is miserable. At this point, weren't you working a very big corporate, like 80-hour-a-week Yes. Like you were a very successful engineer at this point already. Yes. Okay. So I'm a successful engineer. I'm in the midst of all of this. And this is exactly when for the first time I go to therapy for the first time. P.S. I lie like to my, I, I lie. Everything that comes out of my mouth to my therapist is like a lie. Cause I'm like so wrapped up in my own shame complex that I can't even tell the truth to this therapist I'm seeing. And then I start to journal and I go to yoga. And that's kind of like my 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 attempt at dipping my toe into the healing path and admission that something is off and has been off for a while. So then, yes, then I get this opportunity to go direct a giant rebrand of, a, of the same company I'm working for. So I'm like 26 years old and I'm like, this is great. This is, it's all the overachievement. I was just going to say, this is like, this is pouring into your overachieverness. Feeding the feeding beast, it. Yeah. feeding yeah. My, mm-hmm. my particular addiction, right? Mm-hmm. And my addiction is the achievement. And so like, it's like, yeah, go, mm-hmm. go do this, Casey. This seems like something you should do. So I move to Denver and I go do that. And I kind of forget about all these lessons that I've learned because something else that makes me feel worthy, which is this giant ass project is like, gonna make it all better right right i don't have to feel shitty about myself anymore because now i can do this cool thing and if i do this cool thing it'll all feel better again wow you can't make this up (laughs) so when i'm 27 (laughs) which is a year after i move for this job i'm in an airplane and i'm flying back from london to new york city 30 minutes into the flight we feel the plane jolt Mm. and then we hear our pilot say through an oxygen mask mayday and we're going Shut in up. for an emergency Can plane you believe landing. That? No, that is like one of my worst fears. I yep. was going to say my worst fear, but no, there's so many. <laughs> <laughs> yes. so many fears. Yep. I can't even. I can't even. It was like I start crying and gripping the seat when there's even like a little yep. bit of turbulence. Same. So same. <laughs> same. So I'm like sitting there. And I'm like, you have to be kidding me. I survived toxic shock syndrome, and I'm going to die this way in an airplane crash. <laughs> like no fair no fair this is and spoiler alert again the plane lands safely um and in shannon ireland people ask me that they're like but where did it land it didn't land oh on my the gosh, ocean I never asked you that yeah in it, ireland it, 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 that's the first and only time i've been to ireland <laughs> i was only in the airport for like six hours while they sent another plane yeah then we had to get back on a plane p.s so it's like oh, oh you've had this traumatizing experience <laughs> now get back on a plane so like i just drank myself into like a coma so that i could get on this plane <laughs> oh my gosh i can't believe i've never asked i've heard yeah. the story so many times and i never thought to ask yeah. where you landed ireland thank you ireland i'm irish so i felt like you know that <laughs> they had blessing. your back like they had irish your back. Blessing. yes yes um okay so i so i get back and like you know at this point you're like 
okay, fool me once, shame on you. <laughs> fool me twice. So that was really the beginning of the end and of the new beginning. Mm-hmm. And it transitioned one year later. I'd launched the brand on my 29th birthday and I gave my notice. And so in May of 2015, I went from a six-figure job to getting paid seven fifty an hour to be a yoga teacher with no backup wow. plan. And I, and I was like, I have no idea. I literally have no idea what I'm going to do. Everyone around me thinks I'm crazy, right? This, it was still, it's a little more popular these days to kind of quit your job and do something. Yeah. Like it's totally kind of the millennial way. Right? <laughs> yeah. Back then everyone was you were like, you're the OG. Yeah. yeah. They're like, they're like, you are such a mess up. Like, what are you doing? Like this girl's gone crazy. And I was like, they might be right. I might be crazy. Like, I don't know. I might be, but I, all I know is that I don't have a good positive role model around me for what I want my life to look like. No one's ever really modeled that. Mm-hmm. I have to find a different way of functioning in this and world. In the current way, it's not it was spiraling. It's spiraling, yeah. and it was like, like I my PTSD had gotten so bad, but my PTSD had really revealed to me what had been true for me for a long time, which is, I am not live. I don't want to be an engineer. Mm-hmm. That's what I was supposed to do. That was like the hardest thing I could I could do. Mm-hmm. So I did it, and that doesn't seem like a very good way to live your life. Mm-hmm. And There's a lot of passion behind mm-hmm. that. And what it boiled down to and what really, to me, self-care is at the essence of self-care and how this comes back to our conversation is it was ultimately because my self-worth was not something that was that I thought of and valued as something innate to me. Mm-hmm. It was something I thought I had to earn. Mm-hmm. And I had been working so hard for so long to earn it. Mm that I didn't know what to do or how to feel worthy if I wasn't using these things and holding these things up as the proof mm, yeah. of my worth. And so the what what ensued and what I've now morphed this into a practice of because it's like what I'm most passionate about is helping other people understand that your self-worth is a given and that it's not something you have to earn and it's certainly not something that you have to do things that you don't want to do in order to obtain and it might be a little bit scarier to figure out what you really want to do mm-hmm. and to figure out how to really take care of yourself and how to step back from some of these patterns and habits that we get rewarded for all mm-hmm. the time but you are you're worth it right mm-hmm. and that's ultimately what was true for me is like I was worth it. And so it morphed into like, I was a yoga teacher and then I learned how to become a coach and then I did an advanced training in yoga psychology and I combined all three of those things with um, my experience as the client in therapy to say, Mm. not everyone wants to start at therapy as their entryway into mental and emotional health and spiritual health. Some Mm -hmm. people need a different stepping stone. Mm And I wanted to provide a different stepping stone. And so that's what Casey Dreyer really is. It's it's a different stepping stone, which just has the advantage of me being such a huge nerd who was addicted to achievement for so long (laughs) that I have like processes and frameworks and I can help you with the business side because I really love spreadsheets. (laughs) (laughs) That was so great. I've heard that story and I feel like I learned new things from that. Um, So 
Oh, well, that kind of, <laughs> I was going to ask you, tell us how you got to be so fabulous. <laughs> um, so that's so interesting because I do think of what you do as a self-care expert, but it's so interesting to hear you frame it, almost like turn it on its head and say, no, I'm a burnout expert. And I think that kind of segues into uh, what we were talking about, yeah. when, you know, how many months ago when we we're like coming yeah, up like with our schedule mm-hmm. of like, all right, these are episodes we want to talk about. Um, these are things that we think our audience would be really interested in. Right. And burnout was not what we discussed. No, I wrote up <laughs> notes for this episode. Um, we called it self-care. I think, I, I think, yeah, I had just I, been writing just down ideas. Yes. This wasn't and like organized. This was no, just like this was brainstorming, our brainstorming like stuff. Word mapping. We're just going to throw things out. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, sticks. well, you know, what could go along with, you know, emotional health and brides, like self-care is probably like a big thing we should touch on or whatever. And then I'm not even joking. I wrote an entire paragraph that said like, IE, like yoga, massages, hobbies that you love, like face masks, facials. <laughs> facials, bubble <laughs> I baths. I literally wrote yeah. like so many, and then Evelyn was so cute. Cause she's like, um, that's not really what self-care is. <laughs> and I was like, what do you? As a student I was like, of Casey yeah, Trier, apparently my response to <laughs> I'm like I'm yeah. like applauding for Emily yeah. right now. I'm like, yeah. yes, good job, Emily. <laughs> Be, and I think I mean maybe it's my ignorance, but like I think in our society that would probably I'm gonna guess that would be what most people listening would also think is at least that's what I see on social media that like people are referring to when they say the word self care. Mm-hmm. So that's my understanding of it. But I would love to have that defined by you I guess and figure out and then Emily you know she has it written down here what self-care isn't so apparently (laughs) it's not all the things I wrote down but I'd love to hear more well no I loved I loved the organicness of that because this is our google doc so we're writing on it in our own homes and it's funny because we can see like what the other person is saying and so we that was a topic for like a week and I'm checking back and I see oh on my my google it says you know Megan Lubeck has added to this document Mm -hmm. so I was like oh I'm gonna go check it out see what Megan added and it was just so it was so great because we hadn't even thought of you yet Mm -hmm. the topic was just self-care yeah and then I saw her response and then I just instinctively because I am a student of Casey Dreyer my instinctual reaction was to then comment and be like uh great like start but that's not <laughs> really what self-care is you're so cute Megan I know <laughs> no but then I but then that gave me the light bulb because as soon as I started typing I was like I'm inadequate. Like, yeah. all I can say is, no, that's not right. But I should not be the one to Educating. educate. Yeah. yeah. And it was so serendipitous because what I wrote was, we need to have my friend Casey. <laughs> <laughs> she needs, like, this episode, this topic of self-care needs to be Casey. And I just want to re- reiterate because I think the first few episodes, Megan and I were like, okay, we're going to do this podcast uh, where we care a lot about these things, mm-hmm. but we want to say we're not therapists mm-hmm. and we want to engage the topics and get people talking and get the experts. Mm-hmm. And so this is another, I just want to say like, uh, even though I corrected you, <laughs> I'm not an expert yeah. on this, but I, we want to get this conversation started. And you hit the nail on the head when you were like, I don't, this is just what I see out mm-hmm. there. I, the only thing I know of self-care is what I'm seeing hashtag done, uh, Instagram, right. what I'm seeing people do face mask tutorials on Pinterest. <laughs> and that, 
the world is telling me that's what self-care is. Right. And to me, I loved it so much because I'm like, okay, this is perfect. This is exactly what we need to be talking about because not enough people are putting out there this crazy, amazing, life-changing concept that yeah. I'm keeping Casey <laughs> from talking about right now. Yeah, well, and in my defense, not that I feel like I have to defend myself, but just that in, in response to that, like I am aware that there's deeper there's a deeper part of self-care. I think it's just that to me, it does go together with these, the ways in which you care for yourself. And so if there's anything you can say to that, like I would love to understand, I guess the difference or if if you could even (laughs) consider some, an action that you're doing to care care for yourself as self-care or is that something different? Like I'm just having a hard time understanding. It, first of all, you there's there's you're not wrong, right? <laughs> with the stuff that you said that qualifies as self care, those right. are elements of self care. And I'm gonna respond with a story. So when I was a girl, <laughs> I when I was a little kid, I didn't have many chores, but I had one chore and I hated it. And it was um, I had to weed. So my dad would say would give would literally hand me this like two gallon bucket. And then I'd have to go out in like my jean shorts and my tank top and like my little, you know, my little eight year old body. (laughs) And I would sit there and I would, I would weed and I would go as quickly as I wanted to because I just wanted to get the job done so that I could go do whatever I wanted. Mm -hmm. And I'd bring it back and I'd say, hey dad, look, I did it. And he'd look at me and he'd go, didn't you dig it up by the roots? And I'd inevitably didn't because I wanted to get to also play. at eight, I don't think right. I even knew what proper I, weeding right, right, right. <laughs> protocol so, Exactly. I had no idea. And so he'd hand me the dowel and then he'd like go back and he'd show me like, you got to get it up from the roots or else it's going to grow right back. Mm-hmm. And then I'd have to spend, you know, an extra 30 to 40 minutes out. Which I don't know. Right. As an eight year old, which probably like, let's mind you, it probably was actually 10 minutes. I probably <laughs> felt like it was 30 or 40 <laughs> or an hour, right. To get, to redig them up by the roots. And hated every moment of that lesson but that lesson continues to come up in my life as instructive and I think it's exactly what is the easiest way to think about self-care so our face masks and massages um, and even like going to therapy are those all elements of self-care absolutely but they're if they're the only things we ever do it's like picking up the weed without ever getting to the roots Mm -hmm. of it And so self-care, in my opinion, is like anything but glamorous. Mm -hmm. Self-care is like the really dirty, gross, sweaty work of like Mm -hmm. digging something up by the root. And one of the things that I was immediately, because I I jumped on this. I was like, okay, I I don't want to call it yoga therapy. Like, what am I going to, what kind of coach am I going to be? I don't want, I don't know if I want to be a life coach. So I I branded myself as a self-care coach. One of the first issues I ran into was like, well, what does self-care mean, right? Mm -hmm. And what am I really helping people with? So because I'm an engineer, I was like, well, let me tell you, I'm going to build a little framework for you. So I've got two frameworks um, and one's a framework within a framework. So the first framework is how do you deal with stress? Because most of us can't get to like some of the deeper self-care work Mm -hmm. until we recognize that stress is the beast in the way. So there's three um, R's of stress management. So the first is recognize, the second is relieve, and the third is reduce. So recognize is mindfulness. It's understanding physiologically, like body keeps the score. That Mm -hmm. book you had mentioned, it's learning about Mm -hmm. what is stored in our body. And our Mm -hmm. body is always telling us how we're feeling. Oh yeah. I cannot tell you recently, 
I'll feel when I've started to become more aware of my, my body, it's like all now I feel the knot in my stomach. Now I feel the lump in my throat. Whereas before, I don't think I even realized that that was happening. Mm -hmm. And now it's so obvious to me that I'm sitting here clenching my teeth. Like our body is literally, literally reacting all the time. And like, we have to just like pay attention. A (laughs) Like that's exactly right. So that's, it's about learning about inside of your body, your mind, your thoughts, and your emotions, what's going on in any given moment so that you learn when your stress system is on versus when your relaxation. Because once you learn that, we can learn how to throttle between the two. Mm-hmm. And that's when relief come, becomes useful. So not all stress is bad. Stress, um, let's get really geeky about this for two seconds. Stress is a physics term and it simply means a force applied to something. Isaac Newton told us that nothing can move without a force being applied to it. Right? I love you so, so much. <laughs> this so, is, ergo. This is the essence of Casey. <laughs> like, she can talk to you about breath in the most soothing, calm voice that you're like, I literally think an angel is walking me through this. And then she'll quote Isaac Newton and like literally talk physics. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm no, it's great. It's like, I like to think of it as like the, you know, half witch and half um, uh, engineer. So, you know, just there you go. melding between the I two. I love it. Yeah. So because not all stress is bad. So the point being that stress is necessary in order for us to do work. Like we, it's not, it's not all bad. Mm-hmm. Chronic stress is what we want to avoid, right? Well, I'm, you're making me think of the fight or flight and it's like there, there's, it's, innately or you know it's it has been desi- we've been created with that so mm-hmm. it obviously serves a purpose but if that fight or flight is on constantly then that's not what it was designed for it's literally exactly. for a specific mm. purpose exactly and so the number one cause of disease globally and the number one killer is associated with chronic stress mm-hmm. so what we're all really trying to do what you know primary care for your with your doctor is trying to do what working with your therapist is trying to do, what yoga is trying to do, what um, simple habit and calm and these meditation Mm -hmm. apps are trying to do is in their own way, they're all different pieces of the stress puzzle. Mm -hmm. And so relief is great. Like all those things that we mentioned about a sheet mask or Mm -hmm. taking a deep breath or like I like to play the game I I spy. If you just like, when you notice yourself getting stressed out, you literally just look around a room. Don't do this if you're OCD. If you're OCD, do not do this. I was going to say, this could cause because me stress. You'll, it will, <laughs> it will. I learned the hard way. Like People have OCD, it actually stresses them out more. So as long as you don't suffer from OCD, and if you do, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> that'll be a whole other one. That'll be a whole other one you guys do. Yeah. You just literally go around the room or whatever you're looking at, and you describe things as objectively as you can. So it'd be like, this computer is open. Megan's hair is red. That wall is green-blue. That sign is yellow. And you do that for two minutes. You just say things objectively mm-hmm. with no qualifiers. And then you look at it. And it just calms yeah. you down. Yeah, it just brings you back to the moment. So like that's a stress relief. So is putting a sheet mask on or getting a massage. So that those all in my mind fall under the stress relief category. Right. So then stress relief. Yep, stress relief. Okay. So then the final R... It's almost like, you know, recycle, reuse, reduce. <laughs> but it, this almost. one is this one is true. This one is true. It's the same. It's reduce. So reduce is actually where self-care comes in. So self-care is the long-term stress reduction strategy that mm. teaches you how to be strategically selfish so you can be sustainably selfless. Mm. Love the, that. 
Say that again. Yep. It is the long-term strategy that helps you to reduce stress so that you learn how to be strategically selfish so you can be sustainably selfless. Mm-hmm. I love that the Isn't end she- I love that the end goal is to be able to to move forward like move out from yourself, mm-hmm. but that you have to look inward first. And I feel like even within the church, like I feel like we almost look at it as like bad to look inward and I think that that Mm. could be a reason why so many of us walk around super unhealthy because it there's almost this theme of like well don't be selfish you know if if you are focused on yourself it's a bad thing yeah yeah and it's like I think we haven't realized that like you have to do that before you can become who we're meant to be which Mm. is to be be able to to move outward to other people and serve and whatever whatever capacity that means for you but I think that's been something I've been learning recently over the last few years is just like how it has to start here first before I'm able to actually like be what I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So that's why I loved that quote you said so much because it, it expresses that so beautifully. She has a way with words. Yes. And it's just like off the cuff. <laughs> um, so, okay. So that's what, so self-care isn't in a way, yes. but it, what it is. Yes. It, the it, three R's. It's the th- well, the, so that's the stress management. Oh, stress portion. management. Yes, and then the self care is that reduce. And here, because I love frameworks, I told you. Yes. Frame, I don't want to deny you the last framework. I want the framework. Yeah, yes. it's easy. It's boss. B O S S. So it's boundaries, ownership, support, and self compassion. So boundaries are where are you heading, and defining your goals. So without a lot of people are like, well, I have a hard time holding boundaries, and my a question to that is always, did you ever define them? Mm-hmm. And Probably right, not. Right. And yeah. How can you hold a boundary you've never defined? Mm-hmm. And for most of us, we've never had the opportunity to do that. So one of the, it's, and it's kind of complicated to, to do. So mm-hmm. the thing that we use as the easy starting point is called the reverse golden rule. So instead of the idea being treat others the way you want to be treated, it's saying treat others no better than how you would treat yourself and expect mm-hmm others to treat you as well as you would treat them it flips it on its head Mm -hmm. which is important especially for those of us who struggle with like we want to be selfless and we want to give give we're givers Mm -hmm. and we never set the boundary of we're always trying to be better to everyone else and we're never expecting it back in return so we we define that Mm -hmm. which is really powerful i love that because it's impossible to fully give to others if you are always spent yeah and how do you how do you how do you really feel good about something if like you're secretly being like but you're treating me like a bitch yeah you know there's no way you, that you can be a hundred percent actually selfless right. but if you've never defined that boundary and if you've never had that difficult conversation with someone you are just sitting there like the asshole being like I'm just assuming that someone should know to treat me like this even though I've never defined that yeah. and I've never said it out loud yeah right. And it's the cause of so I mean, much that more can pain. Be, and that can, that can transcend so many different relationships. Like literally every relationship. If yeah. it's never talked about, I mean, then look, how can you hold someone right. to a standard so, that they have no idea they're being held to? Which is like, so when we talk about wedding therapy, right? And we mm-hmm. talk about couples. Oh, yeah. That's... It, like, one, <laughs> well, we should get back to that. Well, I was like, <laughs> that's literally the next thing I was going to ask you. Yeah. Yes. One of them, this is, I actually think this BOSS is, so I'll, I'll talk, if it's cool with you guys, I'll talk about specifically with couples. Yeah, how perfect. BOSS is really useful. So it's, how many, you can think of off the top of your head, the number, like the top 10 people that you love and care about, but every single one of them also 
pisses you off to no end. Yes. Yes. And sometimes they know it and they know what your buttons are. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there's this like secret, you know, tennis game you're playing inside of your head Mm. and you're keeping score on it and you're being like, well, did they not know that that was going to piss? Of course they didn't because they they love you, but they're not telepathic Mm -hmm. with you Mm -hmm. and you never said it, right? Mm -hmm. And so we, part of what is loving for ourselves and for others Mm -hmm. is to learn how to set those boundaries because if we know where each other's boundaries are, we have a much better chance (laughs) of honoring them. Oh my gosh. I cannot tell you how many conversations I have with couples where the bride and groom are going back and forth about an issue that actually doesn't have anything to do with them. It's like they're going back and forth on whether stepdad is going to get equal amount of time to dance as biological dad. Mm -hmm. And it's this whole, well, I don't know, da-da-da. Well, are we going to have to talk with our DJ? And they're going into all of the logistics of it. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, (laughs) well, how... I'm just imagining what you're thinking. Yeah, Yeah, I'm just like, well... Have we talked to biological dad? Like, <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard about him often in the wedding. And I never want to assume yeah. anything. Maybe he's very much in the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm just like, have have we talked to him? Like, does, <laughs> does he want to dance? Right. And I cannot tell you how many times people are like, oh, well, I mean, I don't know. Which, I guess and I'm I like, ask. Just <laughs> ask. Talk. Yeah. Have that conversation. Because this whole, like, I can just feel the tension in mm-hmm. the room. And it's like stressing everybody out and emotions you can tell emotions are so deeply tied to this topic for whatever reason and i'm like maybe maybe you guys should just go home and have that conversation and then we'll assess if this is something that needs to be a whole thing Mm -hmm. and that's just obviously one little example but yeah i mean this plays out practically think about like between everything mother or in-laws as you're oh. planning a wedding and it, when you start to get about into money and oh like, yes <laughs> and then even the example you used a few weeks ago when we were talking about this um where you know it's so easy to lose sight of the fact that you're in love when you're planning a wedding and so you don't yeah. hold the boundary of the fact that the positive. So boundary isn't just like what you shouldn't be doing. Oh yeah, it's also I guess what I you always, want to be doing yeah. for each other, right? I, typically, I feel like, like when I want a boundary. Be, I think of a it's a, a negative, negative yeah, like right. a stop or keeping something out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus what you're allowing in. Exactly. Oh, I love that. And so, like, if part of that boundary is that you define, because you can have a boundary for yourselves individually, and you can have boundaries for you as a couple. Mm-hmm. And for you as a couple, if like both of you have quality time, say that's your love language, is like spending quality time with each other, a boundary you can hold for each other is I expect us to have X amount of time together a week where we're not talking about the wedding and we are just yes. spending quality time with each other. And that's a boundary. And that's a boundary. Hold. Yeah, 100%. I love it. Love, love, love. I've heard your boss, your B-O-S-S before. Um, but this is, it's almost like, looking at it in an entirely new way with a wedding perspective. Which is cool because then you get into the next one, which is O Mm -hmm. and ownership. And this is why... huge. Right. So I already... Yeah. I'm just already like... No, no, no. I have nothing to say. I'm just more like... She's like, I love it. I'm just more like, this is such an important... I already know this is such an important piece to like health. Yeah. Of relational health. Yeah. And it's... So once you have the boundary, right? The Now, the sec... The hardest part is probably owning the boundary. The second hardest part is defining the boundary. So mm. let's say you get through the hard part of defining the boundary. The boundary doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. if you can't hold it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the most important ingredient to holding a boundary 
is the ability to have difficult conversations yes. with love and compassion. Mm-hmm. Yes. If that was never a skill set that you were taught <laughs> or something that was valued growing up or modeled or modeled for you, it is incredibly crippling yes. and paralyzing mm-hmm. to try to have that. Mm-hmm. And so much of our conflict in life arises from that paralysis yes. of not being able to talk. Yes. And so imagine how hard it gets when you're like, God, I've even gone to the hard work of defining a boundary and now I can't hold it and I'm just extra pissed because now I really know that this is crossing my boundary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's not the other person's... Resp- it, it is, if you've communicated it to right. them what it is, it is their responsibility to be showing up as best mm-hmm. as they can. But it is yours to be expressing and helping people understand when it's being crossed or when mm-hmm. it's not being held. Mm-hmm. So one of the things we do with... One of my favorite exercises that I do with my clients and is in a, the stress detox program we mm-hmm. have is called Say No With Love. Mm. And so we actually teach you, we like help you write a script for how to say no to requests that come in. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a framework to how to, for how to have essentially a feelings conversation, which is at the root of mm-hmm. being able to have difficult conversations. I love mm-hmm. your scripts. Mm-hmm. I love she scripts. She like does script letter type things for all, I love them, I'm obsessed. Anyways, <laughs> I love that. So that's ownership. Okay. That's, um, that's an incredibly important part Mm -hmm. of the equation Mm -hmm. um then the first s is support and there's really two meanings behind that so there's first the support around like people somewhere along the way we all got the message that we are support and it might be something with like rugged individualism i don't know (sighs) that we're supposed to do it all by ourselves and if you Mm. can't there's like something's wrong with you. Like yeah. you're not strong enough. You're not good enough at yeah. something. So like, oh God, you need help. Like there's, there's still this stigma around really acknowledging that you need support, which is so funny because like literally human beings were not meant. We're meant for community. Yes. Yes. Exactly. That is really interesting. And I wonder, I'm, I was going to say, I wonder if that's like a women thing. Like we feel like we have to do it on our own, but I, I don't know because I feel like women are innately better at community. Yeah, I was going to say, if yeah. anyone feels like they have to do it on their own, it's I feel men. like it's men. Yeah, but yeah. I do think that in the culture we're living in today, that, like, seeing that, then it's like, well, we're equal. Right, well, that's we're growing, preaching how for sure. equal we are. And so yeah. it's like, well, if he can do it on his own and he doesn't have any help, then I should be able to do it on my own and I don't need any right. help. When no, at definitely... the end of the day, that's, like, not helping anybody. Right. It's just hurting women. Right. And chances are that guy is not doing it on his own. He's just really good at delegating, and he's <laughs> taking all the credit. Yes, exactly. No, exactly. So this is why getting over and asking for help and delegating, I mean, especially when it comes to a wedding, delegating among each other. Oh, my sure gosh, that you clearly yes. understand who's going to be doing what so it doesn't fall too much on one partner's plate. Mm-hmm. And then if you've set clear boundaries with anyone involved outside of the couple, right, you can even lean on others for support, whether that's yeah. you've hired a brilliant planner like Emily. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> or, well, I was going to say, yeah, hiring a team is the first part of support. And then I would argue that to f- actually feel supported, you have to then trust the people you've hired, yeah. mm-hmm. which a lot of couples struggle with. Mm-hmm. That's they, a good point. They hire... But then they still want to control they, everything and they cannot just like trust the professional, mm-hmm. which at the end of the day causes them 10 times more stress right. than when they even started this whole thing, <laughs> which is so. exactly the other side of support, Okay, which is the spiritual side. Mm. So whether that's God, universe, energy, magic, 
tarot cards like we were doing earlier. Like whatever it is, whatever you anchor into, if you don't have that, trust will always be something that, you know, Mm. you're at best striving for. Yeah. And it doesn't, it does not have to look a specific way, right? There's so much flexibility these days, but I think that's actually one of the things that is perhaps the most challenging in the modern day marriage and the modern day engagement. I don't, I think that I mean, we're, we're well beyond the point where everyone's becoming spiritual, not religious at this point. And so there's so many people that are never talking about it. They don't even right. know for themselves what right. a higher power means. And if you don't have that context or if you don't know what that means, then talking about it with somebody else, even someone you love, yeah, can be becomes an extra just, yeah, challenging situation. I just want for those people maybe taking notes, um, because I love your process and your is this a twofold of the first S or is this, this the, is the second good S? Good question. Okay. It's twofold of the first okay, S. Okay, okay. Oh. So it's because so the they're both you S. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure. Yeah. So it's support. <clears throat> There's the human side of it of like I and need then to go get human health. Support. And there's Got a spiritual it. side of like, okay. what am I tapping into? Because the reality is, like, control. We just think we have it, right? We don't. We, <laughs> we don't all really walk have around it. acting like we are controlling <laughs> right. everything. Right. Exactly. So the, I do. I know. I know. I know. I'm laughing because I can relate, not because yeah. I'm like, wow, Emily, yeah. what a crazy person. <laughs> so it's like, what outside of you and outside of like your you as a couple mm-hmm. are you anchoring into when shit gets real? Not just in the wedding planning process. But yeah, the entirety of your. I mean, it's going to be heightened in wedding yeah. planning, and if you can't figure it out, then good luck for after. Exactly. Yeah. And why it's a cool conversation if if it's not a conversation that you've had the chance to have. Why it's a cool conversation to happen have at this particular juncture is because then you can like start. You can actually incorporate that into your ceremony. Yes. Right. Like yeah. I just got to do the officiating. Oh yeah. For, uh, for my first that. wedding, and it yeah. was so cool. And I got to. It was actually a coaching client and a yoga student that got ended up getting married to each other uh-huh. did you introduce them no no, no, no. Oh. i met them i met them first and then worked with each individually on their own oh staff. god i got it i was like oh my gosh but they had very different like very different viewpoints on what like what god is mm-hmm. for them and i i'd not i was not their i was not their couple coach and i was certainly not their spiritual guru mm-hmm. by any means but because I was the officiant, I was the person who it fell on to kind of have yeah, the conversation. Yeah, you have to navigate that. Of like, <laughs> like well, going to yeah. sit in here like, good luck. Right? That sounds horrible. <laughs> but it ended up being awesome because we ended up like it was on the equinox, the, the fall equinox. So we did it as like um, a fall equinox theme and what that means spiritually. And she was a NASA scientist. So we brought in all sorts of geeky stuff around space. the universe and space, right? <laughs> and how does that all wrap up into the community around you? And, and just what they were trying to build. Weaving the couple. story of support for yourself so that when things get rough, mm-hmm. what do you fall into trust with? Right. And so that's, that. the, okay. that's the that's other the other side of S. twofold of S. And then okay. the final S that I'll breeze through, but is, we could spend five hours and it wouldn't be enough talking about I love it is self-compassion and yes another one that I'm like go you (laughs) yeah yeah so that here so here's like the really quick bit on compassion compassion comes from the latin word compati com meaning to share pati meaning to suffer so compati compassion means to suffer with it is the willingness Mm. it is the divine willingness to not just observe someone's pain but to step into it with them, yeah. to bur- to unburden the part of yeah. the loan, mm. a, a part of the burden. We all have a pretty good sense. Most of us have a pretty good sense of how to do that with another person. Now, when we start to apply it to self, 
the immediate thing people get to is like, but I don't want to make excuses for myself, mm-hmm. right? Like I want to be self-compassionate, but I like don't, I don't, I, you got to do hard work and you got to like, when am I being complacent? And that's the thing. Self-compassion is not the absence of hard work. Self-compassion is the ability to look at yourself and to say, I know that there's a lot of hurt right here right now. Mm-hmm. And I just want you to know that I'm not going to judge you for it. And we'll get through it and we'll work our way to the other side of it. But it's okay to be hurting. Mm-hmm. And if you need a break, if you need to go get that massage, if you need to go to the yoga class, if you need to put your computer down right now, then that's okay. And in a relationship, right, it's that we so much of the drama we create is inside of our own head. It's an expectation of what we think we're supposed to be doing and showing up for the other person, especially mm. in what is still like a fairly young relationship, mm-hmm. right? It is, it's still like yeah. in its babyhood. Mm-hmm. We put so much pressure on ourselves to be showing up or to be the perfect wife or the perfect husband or the perfect fiance or the perfect partner or the perfect wedding planner. And yeah, why? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like if we could just invite a little more self-compassion into the equation, all of a sudden there'd be a lot less judgment and a lot more room for curiosity. Where there's curiosity, there's room for conversation. And where there's conversation, there's room for growth. And so that's like for me the most important ingredient in this and in this whole thing. It's like a little backwards that it falls in the end. It only falls on the end because that's how the the work <laughs> work, and the framework works. No, I love it. It should be number one. It's like if the, like people ask me all the time, if, if I only had time to do one thing or practice one thing, what is the one thing you would mm-hmm. say like would revolutionize my life? Mm-hmm. Self-compassion. Mm-hmm. If you could really, really work hard at self-compassion, mm-hmm. you could literally, you could change your whole life just through that one thing. Well, I would argue though, yes, I agree, but I would argue I haven't learned how to do this accurately until, sorry, I'm saying this and I forget this is a podcast you guys can't see. I can't fully do self-compassion well if I haven't mastered setting and owning boundaries yeah. and support because without without support and without owning my boundaries, I think I'll always fall short on self-compassion, right? And this is where or that's how I feel. No, it's great and it's it's where they all get connected, right? Right. Is then you sit it's there like and you say you can't have one without the other. You're also just allowed to have self-compassion for the fact that not all your boundaries are cleared. Oh. Clear, right? That was good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah. This is why Casey is here. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like my and like it's so interesting and I think it's so telling of who I am and like the issues I struggle with because when I hear self-compassion, I'm like, "Oh, well, got to be careful that it's not self-pity." Which is, by and the I'm way, like listening to you, and I'm agreeing. And, but then I look at myself, and I'm like, but don't, not too much. Yeah, that's self-pity. <laughs> exactly, and that's like you're you're in the majority. This mm-hmm. is like the the one thing that I get the most pushback, which is perhaps why I think it's the most important. I get the most pushback on self-compassion hmm. because that's and that gets back to my story, right? I brought up like all my degrees and all these fancy things that I did, not to be like, look at all these cool things. It's because literally. I got there because I had the absence of self-compassion. The world was like, look at her. She's really doing all the things she's supposed to be doing. What society Mm -hmm. says, you need all these check marks. Exactly. Got him, got him, got him, got him, got him. How did I get him? I beat myself up for him. I didn't let myself sleep for them. 
when I needed a break, I didn't give it to myself. And guess what? I had bronchitis and pneumonia and weird infections and anxiety and depression. And I almost died twice before I woke up to it and was like, there, I want a different way. Yeah. I want to try something else out. And it is so uncomfortable because most of my wiring, like the majority of my life is wired under this other framework. So I still run into that exact same challenge of like, well, if I'm not pushing so hard, does that mean I'm even trying at all? Right. <laughs> Am I failing as right, a human? Right, right. <laughs> and that's, and honestly, this is, and this is where the support comes in. Because mm-hmm. my, my own personal journey of self-care and learning how to love myself and dealing with my PTSD and my mental health issues has been paralleled by my relationship of growing with God and spirit. And I, for me, why that's so important. And that's probably one of the more uncomfortable topics that I cover with people because everyone has such a different Mm -hmm. understanding and approach and like triggering when it comes to the word God or spirit. But without something bigger to hook into, for me, not all of this falls apart because I'm like, well, why should I be self-compassionate? Because you want to know what? Because I'm human Mm -hmm. and I'm worthy and I'm loved. And God doesn't think I have to earn that. And there's nothing I could ever do to lose it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can, I'm allowed to be self-compassionate with myself right now. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I love thinking of it more in a – I think I think of things as linear. So it's like you have to do step one before you can do step two. <laughs> and then you have to do – and maybe that's just my logistical way that I think. Like, I'm all constantly working with checklists and timelines. But I love how it's like, no, it's a circle, mm-hmm. and you can bounce back and forth, and you need the spiritual to get the self-compassion. But you can also do the self-compassion without having it all figured out first. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, at least for me, goes against the grain mm-hmm. of how probably 99% of everything else functions in my life. Well, and it's so interesting, too, I think, at least, how when you were commenting, like, when I'm hearing you say it, like, it makes sense. But I also think that, like, how easy it is for us to think it's okay for someone else, too, to to live in that space. Mm -hmm. And then when we turn it on ourselves, it's, like, completely different. It's like, Like why is it different? Yeah, Yeah. why is it different? It shouldn't be different. And my friends and I have this saying that we say to ourselves sometimes when we hear each other, like, speak about, speak about, Ourself, and then we'll say like, "I don't talk to my friend Megan that way" or whatever. And so it's just our little like way I, of like you've loving said that to me before. And loving I love up. it so much. Yeah, yeah, it's just a way of like reminding reminding us of who, you know, the most important thing is what's going on up here, which I'm pointing to my head for those of you who can't hear. But yeah, but just that our own self talk is just like so pivotal to the rest of our life. And this is exactly which is why. your reverse golden rule. Yeah. And yeah. I love that. Well, the first time you, I heard you say that, I was like, wait, what? I had to like pause and like really think through it. And then when you told me the thing that you and your friends do, which I love, <laughs> the first thing I thought of was, oh, that's like Casey's reverse golden rule played out in real mm-hmm. life. And I love it so much because it is easy to hear it and say, well, that works for those people. Mm-hmm. But like. I can't do that. Or I can have so much compassion for that person with what they're going through. But for some reason, when with me, it's different. Yeah. And really, if you think about it, there shouldn't be any reason it's different. And I can't come up and give you a reason why it is. (laughs) Other than we're just all way harder on ourselves than we need to be. Which is what the essence of self-care is for me. And it's also why I don't think I'm an expert in self-care. 
I struggle with this all the time. My biggest challenge from last year and my first real year of business was that I was teaching this stuff and coaching through this stuff and I was struggling with it too. Mm. And I was like being so hard on myself and I wasn't holding boundaries and I was learning where my boundaries were. And I kept falling into the perfectionist trap of like, I'm not perfect at it. I'm such a fraud. I have imposter syndrome. I shouldn't be teaching this to other people. Which is where doubling down on self-compassion becomes incredibly important. And for me, it's not about, like, my, my goal is, I'm not a self-care expert. What I'm an expert at is the opposite of it and the beautiful battle to move closer in that self-care direction. Mm. It is not, and, and, and I think maybe, like, that's the thing that crushes me sometimes when people talk about self-care and they talk about self-improvement work and they talk about going to therapy and all of these amazing tools is there's um, often this undertone of like, yeah, I'm doing it because I want to fix my life. Mm -hmm. And I want to just like reach out and hug all of us, Mm -hmm. myself included, and be Mm -hmm. like, you don't need to fix your life. We're all beautiful messes. We're human beings. If if the goal is to fix the mess, guess what? We're always going to be failing and disappointed. If the goal is to get an inch closer into believing in our Mm self-worth and the fact that we don't have to earn that and Mm -hmm. there's nothing we could ever do to lose it, and that the love that we can receive from whatever we believe loves us is unconditional yeah. and is not Amen. something we have to earn, then we can dive deeper into that self-care. And because if we believe that's true about us, why wouldn't we treat ourselves yes. with love Amen. and compassion? Yes, mm-hmm. I love that. And so my goal that. is like, can I just help people get believe in that 2% more? Mm-hmm. Can I help you get 2% better at self-care? I don't need you to be an expert and I don't need to be an expert in it. We can just, that's what I want us to work hard on. That's the hard work. It's not being perfect at it. It's being 2% better at it. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that so much. Now, I know you've given us these like incredible, I love your acronyms <laughs> and you have your three R's and we're definitely, I'm taking notes. We'll, we'll put these up on the Facebook group so that you oh, yeah. can go back and look. Cause I know like for me, I listen to podcasts when I'm driving. And so oh, yeah. I immediately was like, oh my gosh, I have to write this down. And then I was like, oh, if I was a listener, I would be stressed right now that yeah. I can't write this down. So uh, we'll definitely do that. Um, but I and I love how you integrated this with uh, couples planning their weddings. If there was like one thing that you could, I know like you've already given us so many amazing nuggets, but if there's one thing that you could kind of uh, maybe debunk for someone planning a wedding, because I know for a fact there are people out there who are planning their wedding and they're really stressed and they're going to Pinterest or they're going to Google and they're saying uh, how to de-stress during mm-hmm. wedding planning. Yeah. And I'm I'm just like hearing you speak so much wisdom mm-hmm. and I'm just like no one's going to hear this mm-hmm. when they're Googling this. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. What would be your one thing that if you had um, a guy or a girl or anyone in front of you who's like, man, I am burnt out. I am working 40 hours a week. I'm dealing with my crazy family and I'm trying to connect with my fiance and we're eight months out wedding planning and I'm just at my wit's end. I'm literally so burnt out. What would be like the one thing you would tell them? I would ask them, what are five things you're grateful for? Hmm. I love that. Gratitude shifts everything. Yep. And it's, what's cool is it's scientific. Like there's, it's, it's just a powerful question 
but gratitude sparks wonder and awe and wonder and awe is known to turn on our parasympathetic nervous system and off our sympathetic meaning turning on rest and relax and off fight and flight Mm. there's nothing i could say to anyone that would help them deal with their burnout in Mm. that amount of time right but we could shift the moment and remind them what's going well and also like why are you doing all this right because so i think so often we we for it's easy to forget when we're in the midst of a storm often of our own creation right i would right? say like most weddings, of the time weddings are like so much of our own creation yeah. it's like we asked her this right <laughs> yeah <laughs> literally yeah. Like, i asked her for i it. asked I got her <laughs> yeah or him or, yeah if you were the one asking um and i think that it's as simple like when when my clients come in and they're just all aghast and they're and you can feel it right you can feel someone's yeah. energy when they're like about to explode you take a deep breath together and then it's just as simple as give me five things you're grateful for if you and it, it can be as little as two mm-hmm. but five is usually where by like number three or number four people are giving you something thoughtful and not just mm. like my shoes, right? Yeah, yeah, and you're like, yeah. and that's fine because sometimes you gotta start like, I'm grateful for my yeah. shoes. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. My, my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you usually get the meaningful by four and five. Oh, fascinating. My spiritual parents, for lack of a better word, they're like my adoptive parents. They were who I lived with when my parents moved out of state. I just, they're my people. Um, they do a gratitude journal, and I think that they've done it every. I, I want to say they can correct me maybe when they listen, but I want to say they've done it for like their whole marriage, which has been 17 years. Um, they do it every night and they do it where they do it together. mm -hmm. So she'll say, she'll say, I think one or two things she's grateful for. He'll say one, one or two things he's grateful for. And then they do one that they're grateful for together Mm. every single night. And they have talked about that being a principle, like, thing in their marriage to the point where like when my husband and I got married like they gave us like our gratitude journal to really? like write in I so love that. anyway I think it is really impactful I love that I I hate you know I hate cliches mm-hmm. and I hate just like blanket advice statements which is ironic because I just asked you to get one mm-hmm. um but I something that annoys the crap out of me is when I hear the like tried and true marriage advice it's like never go to bed angry right and it's like Okay, that's really sweet and nice, but if you've ever been in any relationship, not in junior high, that yeah. lasted longer than six months, right. you you clearly don't understand that that statement doesn't apply to when you live with someone and there's conflict, and how does that accurately play out? Well, and it's just, I almost, it's just very black and white and simple. It is simple. so black and white, and life it's is not, not, no. Life is not black and white, no. and life is not simple, and I feel like... Like, what both of you guys are saying is, like, the, not, this isn't the right word, not the antithesis, but, like, it is essentially, yeah, Yeah. it's, like, it is not going to bed bed angry, but it's so much better than that, and it's not just saying, don't do this, it's, like, try this, Mm -hmm. and you might not go to bed angry kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I love that so much. Mm -hmm. Gratitude is a powerful thing that can coexist with very strong emotions. You are quite capable of being grateful. Yep. And like really heated at the same time. Mm-hmm. You can, and, and it so is like, kind of crazy actually. <laughs> no, I've experienced that. We're like, really? yeah, we're just, I've you can be that. sad. And yet if you just give yourself a second and think about it, like it really does just like shift. And it everything. takes the chart. It yep. like, it's like, ta- it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, it's like literally like having a, a, a old fashioned, it like just takes the edge off. Right? Ugh, 
now we're talking about right? language. Like, is that what we're doing next? <laughs> that's is like, gonna be, oh my gosh, I can totally make you an old-fashioned. <laughs> or no, you're drinking tea, I can make you a hot toddy. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I love hot toddies. I once had my cousin who was underage make me a hot toddy when I had a sore throat. <laughs> oh, I <Secrets>. love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, I love, Casey, you know I love you. Um, I love everything. I feel like every single time I hear you speak, I leave like, yes. Yes, I am awesome. You're awesome. We're all awesome. <laughs> we can do this. We've got this. Um, I hope if anyone is planning a wedding and they're listening to this, that they also feel awesome and less stressed. Um, I know you're really busy, so I appreciate you taking the time out of your day <laughs> to come and share your wisdom with us. Um, I feel like we need to bring you back. I, well, I love to talk, so you just <laughs> you just let me know. I love it. Yeah, we'll bring you it's back. Like being a middle kid, it's I like, love it. oh, I get attention. There's a microphone. Sign me up. Okay, I'm not. When we months ago, when we like first got all the equipment, um, Andy was working on like how to edit. He was like trying to be. Well, he is. He like produces and edits our episodes and whatnot but he was like teaching himself and I was the annoying kid on the couch I was like "Ooh, microphone we can record and Megan knows because I was sending her things yeah. all the time I was just having so much fun recording I was impersonating my favorite podcasters yep. and which Doc Shepard is one <laughs> do you listen to his podcast I don't listen but I should you really I think you would actually really really yeah, enjoy it he has an episode that came out around Thanksgiving uh, with Sam Harris I think you might like it's very interesting it's a little controversial but I think you'd like it can't wait anyways um so I'm like pretending to be Doc Shepard and recording myself and I'm like man I feel like a little kid right now this would be such a fun toy kid <laughs> Anyways, we love you. We're so grateful to you for being here. Um, do you, before Megan closes out, do you just want to like, because um, I don't want to say derriere on accent, do you want to just let people know like how they can find you if they loved what you had to say or if they want to hear more or maybe they're a small business owner feeling burnout and they want to um, learn about your courses? Yeah. Just let them know how to find you. Absolutely. So anyone, no matter what you do in your life, I have a program called The Stress Detox. Um, that is a 10 day program that literally teaches you everything that I just t- walked you through, but in more depth, mm-hmm. um, and, and there's like homework exercises yeah. that you can learn about. So there's, um, what I just gave you was like the higher useful version of that for a podcast. But if you want to deep dive deeper into any of it, you can get that at, um, Casey, K-A-S-E-Y, Dreyer, D-R-E-I-E-R.com. Um, we'll link it to we'll link in, it. The, in the um, Perfect. description. Yeah, I also do one-on-one coaching. So um, if you're a business owner or if you're anybody who's like dealing with career stuff and wants self-care, I do that. Um, and other than that, what's your Instagram? Tell them your Instagram. At Casey Dreyer. Okay. Same spelling. Uh, and there was maybe one other thing that I was, oh, I was going to say, you can also just shoot me an email. I'm just going to give you my email right now. Oh, yeah. So uh, if you have anything you want to talk about or you want to get more information, just literally email me Casey, K-A-S-E-Y at CaseyDryer.com. So, so learn how to spell dryer. So you, <laughs> otherwise you'll Unlike me. And then screwed. you can find her. <laughs> Not Daria. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know why I think that. I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> no, it's great. Anyways. Um, I also just want to say thank you, Casey. We really appreciate you. I love your um, passion to see people in freedom. That's like the word I kept thinking of when mm-hmm. you were talking. Because um, I think 
all of your tools and stuff that we discussed are just bringing people to new levels of freedom and out of bondage from themselves or whatever it is that they (laughs) are currently struggling with. Um, So thank you for that. And um, now we'll move on to uh, our Instagram, which is at Wedding Therapy Podcast. Um, You can like us. And we also have a Facebook page that is just Wedding Therapy Podcast. You can join our group where we talk about um, anything wedding related that you might be struggling with. There are other people in that group also that um, may have questions, may want answers. Basically, it's just a space for you guys to go on and discuss anything, including what you're hearing today. Um, yeah, things be support that, for each other. Yeah, things there. that yeah. you're learning. Um, if there's anything you heard today, I mean, Casey can join the group. Yeah, is it a Facebook she, group? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'll that's a great it. idea. I'll do a Facebook live if anyone <gasps> wants to do it in your group. You'll oh have to gosh. show me how to do that. <laughs> I'll teach Emily okay. how to do it. I'll add you. So we have, that would be amazing. I love that. So yes. basically, it's like we have Wedding Therapy Podcast Facebook, but then um, we were like just talking and yeah. Megan's all, do you know what would be awesome? If we had like a group or people, and I was like, okay, add that to the to-do list. Uh, yeah. So we created, it's just called... Um, What's it's a- called Wedding Therapy Podcast uh, Group, but then we just have our own little title in the picture that this we called it Group Therapy. therapy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Group oh, Therapy. Because we thought it would be hilarious. Yeah, and, the, and we want it to be a way, like, we don't assume that we know all the answers. Yeah. So if one um, person is like, man, I'm really struggling, this situation is happening with my wedding, we really want to encourage, like, other listeners who are part of the group to be like, oh, well, this is what I did and it really helped, and they can kind of be a support for each other. Um, it's just baby, just getting off the ground, but that's a great idea because I think a lot of people are going to have follow-up questions. Agreed. um, So if you like that idea, please like message us, let us know that you want to see Casey. I would love to do a live. Yeah. With her and let you guys know, um, that she'll be on there. Gosh, I never would have thought it. So thank you. Thank you for sharing. You're so welcome. And thank you, like, just my moment to say thank you. Thank you so much for being your beautiful selves, for creating this sacred and safe space for people to be human Uh, we need more spaces where people are allowed Mm -hmm. to be human and thanks for inviting me to talk i appreciate it so much yay (laughs) um if you guys don't mind uh downloading episodes uh subscribing to us on itunes and leave a review if you love what you hear um in the very soon future we will be getting these up um on other Oh, yes. Uh, Hosting sites. I'm not sure. We're like trying to figure out, you know. Basically, if you don't have iTunes or an iPhone and you're listening to podcasts on Spotify or Stitcher or all that, we're just um, working on getting a few up on iTunes first and then we'll be transitioning over to those. So if you're irritated that that (laughs) isn't happening, I apologize. Bear with us. It's coming soon. But in the meantime... Yes, and the very last thing before we forget, we are always accepting stories. We are oh, always yes. accepting questions. Um, we just recorded our first mini-sode last week, and it was so freaking hilarious. It's so good. I think it was my favorite out of everything oh, yeah. we've done. Oh, yeah. It was just awesome, and I can't wait to do the next one. So if you guys have any stories, please send them to Wedding. Funny stories. Yes. Wedding, crazy stories. Wedding Therapy <laughs> Podcast at gmail.com. Um, and the thing we haven't really gotten a lot of yet is any questions. So maybe it just means that you guys have it all under control. <laughs> but if you don't or you have any thoughts or people you want to br- us to bring on, guests, specific guests that you um, think would help you in your wedding planning process, please send us an email to the same email address with any questions. 
And I think that was it. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) Bye. 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 Today's episode of Wedding Therapy is brought to you by our little studio in Pasadena, California, also known as my living room. Executive producer, microphone technician, and overall hype man is Andy Haig. Super Rad Intro is produced and edited by Michelle and Brad. Show mascot, house pet, occasional barker, and overall cuddlebug is brought to you by the one and only Olive Haig.